Hi everyone, my name is Pastor Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm Senior Pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the Senior Pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. What's up? Hey, Pastor Jonathan, how you doing? Good, I almost got a laugh out of you with my intro. Yeah, you did. That was that was new. <laughs> As soon as we can get to the laughing, <laughs> yep, the better. Yep. So today our topic is reading your Bible. Huh? Yeah. All right. So what's the background and the history of Bible reading, Pastor Joel? Yeah, this is funny because even in the pre-production, we're like, wait a minute, history of reading your Bible uh -huh. goes back to when the, like in the beginning, but really it's a lot more recent than that since... It wasn't until the 16th century when the invention of, of the printing press made access to the Bible something that more common people would have. Shout out to Gutenberg. To. Yeah, right? The first book was a Bible that was yep. printed. So that's amazing. But but even then, you know, even in the 16th century, I, I, I wouldn't say it was until probably the 20th century when you would start, especially in America, where it would be common for a household to have their own Bible. Mm -hmm. So most in most of history, Bible reading has taken place in the temple or at church. And, you know, it's now becoming more common for people to have, I mean, at my house, we have probably, I'm not kidding, like 20 different Bibles. Mm -hmm. So, that would be the background, really, of reading your Bible has been, you know, we have a canonized, you know, a, a grouping of these books that were written that have been declared as inspired by God that have been collected and turned into the Holy Bible that now we see as, you know, having access to God's word to be able to read it. We're basically, at least in America, whenever we want. Awesome. So... Why are we talking about this? How how have people been hurt by this topic? Yeah, it's unfortunate that having access to the Bible has yeah. caused damage in the church. But I know in my own life there's been there's been issues with just re really it is being held to some standard that if I'm not reading or memorizing scripture, if I'm not reading it every day, if I'm not memorizing scripture and going through the entire Bible once a year, mm -hmm. that I'm not making God's word a priority. So that would be where, when that perspective, I'm not saying doing those things is wrong. I'm saying I've seen damage happen when pastors or leaders put that standard onto people as if, if they're not doing that, they're somehow less of a Christian or not as godly or they don't care about God's word as much. So as it, it's a, it's the guilt. They just, they right. like facilitating people to feel guilty yeah. about not reading their Bibles. Yeah, that would be where the damage is, right? So it's like, so what? I'm supposed to read my Bible so that I don't get in trouble. Hmm. So that if my pastor asks me, I have an answer. It's like, yeah. That that would that would definitely be an issue. So how do people support that? Can they do they support that from scripture that position? Yeah, we can see there's there's verses all over that talk about the importance of God's word. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say in particular there's a verse in Joshua chapter one 
that talks, it's verse 8. It says, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That, for instance, has been used on this strict side okay. of this perspective to say if you're not in your Bible meditating on it day and night, you're doing something wrong. Awesome. So how would I argue against that? If someone were to be guilty me into reading my Bible. Well, one of the things that I, I could do, if somebody just came and said, you know, guilted me into why am I not reading it every day or why am I not reading it enough? Yeah. I could ask, how much is the right amount? How much nice. of the day should I be reading my Bible? Nice. Should I read my Bible enough to where I'm late for work? Mm. It's like, so... That, those would be some questions I could ask. If if it gets specific into memorization, I could ask, well, what's the, why do I need to memorize scripture? And then I also love the, the you know, we, we have in our scriptures, in the Bible, we have a record of a lot of, a lot of times that Jesus was teaching. And one of the questions you could ask is what percentage of the time that Jesus was teaching teaching people was he actually quoting scripture hmm. versus just telling stories so now we have all these stories jesus told wow. to us in our life in our culture has become scripture but when jesus was on earth he didn't have the new testament to quote how much of a percentage of time was he quoting the bible or the scriptures that he had access to compared to him just telling stories or just sharing on himself so it was like Jesus directly quoting the law is what you're talking right, about. Right, right. Wow. And the percentage is so minimal compared to when he was just telling farming stories and stuff like that. <laughs> so those are some questions I'd ask to defend somebody coming at me trying to cause me to feel guilty for maybe not reading or memorizing scripture as much as they have deemed I should. Awesome. So that is the strict perspective. The strict perspective is you need to read your Bible day and night as much as possible. And if you don't read it, you're bad or you don't take your faith right. seriously. Right. That's the strict perspective. Right. And now we're going to talk about the loose perspective. Actually, oh, look the at that. The switchboard's lighting up. Look at that, Pastor Joel. Uh, looks like we have a call from... McMillan, Alabama, from our friend, Pastor Dick Tater. Nice. Hey, Pastor Dick, go ahead. We're ready for you. Oh, uh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater. Y'all can call me Dick. That's fine. I get it. Uh, my friends call me Richard, so I'm great with y'all calling me Dick. So anyway, I heard this topic that you guys are talking about was about reading your Bible. And you know, I agree that you should read your Bible. However, y'all that are not educated like myself, uh, you should leave the teaching and interpretation to a professional like myself. I'm fine if y'all come to my church and hear me preach and uh, tell the Word of God, but I will be the one that tells you what it means. So uh, I'm going to go and hang up now, but I'm going to listen to your feedback. And as always, this is my favorite podcast, To Hate. God bless. Wow. Thank you for the call, Pastor Dick. I appreciate it. 
as always, we we think it's great that you're calling in and sharing. Pastor Joel, any comments? Yeah, I appreciate his his perspectives oftentimes are pretty extreme, which does help us be able to discuss it. Mm. I found it interesting. He actually touches on something. Maybe it's an implication. He doesn't outright say it, but because of what he's saying, go ahead and read your Bible. I agree with that, but leave the interpretation to the quote unquote professionals. He is, he is lining out this, this idea that reading your Bible and what it says and reading your Bible and interpreting it and getting down to the meaning are two different things, which is something I think we'll cover further on in this podcast. But, but I think whether I agree with his perspective or not, he does show us that those are two things, what the Mm. Bible says and what it means are two different things. Awesome. So now let's get into the loose perspective. So we've covered the strict perspective and uh, what is that pastor Joel? The loose perspective is people who just basically are like, I don't need to read my Bible at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking Christians. We're talking in the church, right? right? So not just atheists who don't read their Bible, but people who are believers, who are Christians, who say, you know what? I have a really special relationship with God. He talks directly to me. I don't need to get into the scriptures at all. Or it might even be people who are just confused with you know, the, the onslaught of versions and translations we have nowadays. I remember back when I was a kid, it was basically King James Version Maybe there was one or two other translations. Now, today, there's more than I can count. And I think that has given some people a tool to better understand the word. And I think it has also given other people a rationalization to not have to. It's like, what translation is the right one for me to read? Mm. And if you don't give me an answer to that, then, well, now I have a reason why I don't have to read the Bible. So there's people, you know, walking around saying that they they don't need to read their word and or the the bible and isn't that essentially like at a lot of prophets weren't walking around reading the scriptures they were hearing directly from god so what's wrong with that how have people been hurt by that right i, I think using well it can be dangerous using a prophet or somebody who is hearing from god in these old testament stories as an example for how i ought to live my life if I'm not living the exact way that person was. Okay. So yeah, Jeremiah may not been walking around with uh, Gideon's new Testament. He may not have even been walking around with a Torah in his pocket, but there were things this guy did that it's like, if I'm going to compare myself to Jeremiah in this one area, I better make sure I'm comparable to him in every area. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. One of the ways that I deal with people who are on this loose side is I'll ask them, how do they discern? If you have the special relationship with God, that's great. That's what I want for everybody. I want that too. But how do you discern his voice? Mm -hmm. From your own or from the world or from the enemy? The way that it makes me feel. Right, yeah. And that's unfortunate because... A lot of times, God's word is, when he's talking to us, it feels really uncomfortable at first. Nice. Actually, most times it does. <laughs> so if I'm gauging how I, what God is saying to me based off of how I feel, then that's, that's not an objective measure at all. So what's another way that you 
would confront that situation because with those people who are avidly against, it's really hard to directly address the issue. What's another way that you confront? That? Yeah, right. These loose, the loose side, right? Yeah. That the people that I can't necessarily just go right directly teach them something. Yep. The tool I really like to use in these cases is to share on myself and why the Bible and God's word is important to me. And it really doesn't have anything to do with how often I read it. It goes down to why I read it. So what mm-hmm. I like to share with these people is that for me, reading and understanding the Bible, really understanding it, getting down to God's doctrine, getting down to God's definitions of these words has helped me grow in knowing what God's voice sounds like. So that has been, although God, hearing from God is the number one thing that we want, reading the scriptures and understanding them according to God's definitions has been the method that has allowed me to hear from God more than any other any other tool. That's awesome. So when you see this going on in the church, what are your thoughts? So the I see either side, right? The, and this is, I do see both sides going on in the church. I see people who are very strict and who are constantly hammering this. Memorize, read your Bible, pray every day. Read yeah. your Bible, pray every day. Yeah. Memorize scripture. And then I do see people come into church. They may not even own a Bible for all I know. They don't bring a Bible to church. They, mm-hmm. I don't know if they read it at all. Um, But what I try to get down to is not judging them based off of how much I see them quantitatively reading their Bible. What I try to do in those situations when I'm seeing people on either side of this, this perspective, whether it's loose or strict is get down to why are they reading their Bible? Nice. Cause what I've learned is that as weird as this may sound, reading your Bible, why a person's reading their Bible might not always be a, for a good reason. There are bad reasons to read your Bible. But I can see ultimately like three different categories of people here um, as it relates to reading your Bible. And they are kind of categorized by why they read it. Mm. I see the people that there are people I feel bad for are people who just either don't read their Bible at all or they read their Bible thinking that the act of reading those words and what those words are is what makes them a good person or what makes them a good Christian. Mm. Like that's not it. And we know that you know, we've talked about this in another episode about how, you know, the devil quoted scripture, right. the devil knew the Bible. Right. And we know he was just seeking to kill and destroy. Yeah. So I feel bad. Like these aren't people I'm judging. These are people I feel bad for because mm. I feel like they're missing out on a huge benefit of what the what the scriptures can bring us. Then there's the people I understand. There's there is this group of people who read their Bible and I think there's a lot of people who do this. A lot of people who read their Bible to learn something new. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Like I want to learn new things. I want to understand something new. So that's why I read my Bible. That's awesome. I understand that perspective. However, what I'm combating at that thought process level is my preconceived beliefs. Whether we're aware of it or not, and whether we try to or not, we have biases that are put onto everything we read, mm. not, just the, not just the Holy Bible. And all of my beliefs that I hold are put onto this. When I'm trying to learn something new without 
trying it, what I do when I'm reading is it's actually trying to confirm, it's called confirmation bias, right? It is this, this tendency to confirm the beliefs we already hold to be true. And so that's what they're defining as learning something new. Right. It's right, something yeah. that supports what I believe. So, yeah, it may be something it, new. It's confirming. Confirming it a, confirms something at a deeper level. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the people that we really look up to. And this is this is a lot harder of a, a way to read the Bible. I know for me, this is it's always confrontational, but that's the point. There's the people who read their Bible for this reason that we're really impressed with. And it's these people who read their Bible to be contrastive on their own beliefs. So what these people are doing is actually trying to find, I'll read my Bible to find out where I am wrong. And I remember a Bible study we held at Music Life Church, the original Music Life Church, years and years ago that you led. Yeah. Do you remember that Bible study? What, like, what I'm talking about with how you led us through? You basically created a game. I did. I created a game. And I titled the game, Hooray, dot, 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 I'm wrong again. And what it was is it was a really simple game, but all of us played it as a group and we opened up a passage in scripture. So we were, we were in a book of the Bible and we just opened up right where we were and we started reading. And what I asked people to do was to continue to read, read as much. We'll read, you know, a passage at a time as a group. And I want you to stop the group when you get confronted on a belief in you that's wrong, where you feel confronted or where you feel convicted by God based upon what it is that you're reading. And I had everyone shout out, hooray, I'm wrong again, and then explain where they were wrong um, in what they were reading. And the whole goal was for people to feel positive about being wrong because at that time they've never been more right in confronted about a belief that's wrong i love that story because i i remember from years ago that was the only time we ever did that but i I have such positive emotions about that game because of the power behind if there's anything i want a positive emotion attached to when it's me being wrong, it's when I'm reading scriptures. And now it's like, I can remember that game and be like, what's the big deal if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, why does this have to hurt so bad? Mm. It doesn't. I can actually tie a positive emotion to it. So I think that was an amazing game. It was a memorable game. Yeah. It feels like we played it more than once because of how often I've referred to it and how much that. of a benefit it was. So, But that's that's really this mindset that people have that we look up to when they're reading the scriptures trying to find out where they're wrong. So what, Pastor Joel, is the ultimate answer for reading your Bible? So ultimately, what we would want people to do, ultimately, when they're reading their Bible, is to read their Bible in order to give God the opportunity to confront them. So that would be the two halves of that. Read your Bible to give God an opportunity to confront you. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.